Hello again, everybody. This is Dave Medasian, and we're back for another episode of the VRP Breakdown. Today, I'm here with PJ. How you doing, PJ? How you doing? He is going to introduce himself in a, little, in a minute here, and uh, we'll get to talking about um, what he's experienced in his life and how things are going in the MCAT program. All right, PJ, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? My name is PJ, and I'm 16 years old. Okay. And are you from Milwaukee originally? No, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, okay. How long did you spend? In, how long did you live in Chicago? I was born and raised in Chicago. Okay. I moved out here at 13 years old. Okay. So you've only been here for a few years. Yeah. How would you compare Milwaukee and Chicago? It's really not. It's really not a difference. It's the same Milwaukee, just the mini Chicago. It's just more, it's just more violent. I I wouldn't say more violent, but Milwaukee much smaller, and there's a lot of things going on recently. You know. Yeah. So you you um, if you're comparing the two, you'd say roughly the same as far as um violence, crime, um things like that. Actually, yeah, it's actually really pretty much exactly the same, just a different state, different city. You know. Yeah. So the things um, well let's so let's talk about your growing up in Chicago. What was life like growing up in Chicago? What part of town were you in, and what kind of things did you experience? I was born and raised on the west side of Chicago. It 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 just like it, it was in the trenches, you know. We was it was it was it was rough, but it wasn't like my mom and them always took care of us and stuff. But it was rough, like going to school. You know, I used to the people used to try to pick on me or all that. Like yeah, it was it was hard growing up in Chicago. I ain't gonna lie, it was actually hard. You had to defend for yourself every day. It's not one day that you not finna go to school and somebody try something with you. Really? Just it was Chicago. Yeah. You can't walk on the wrong side of the. You can't walk on the wrong street, wrong block. You might die. You no matter what age, you might die if you walk on the wrong street. Yeah. Know? And so why is that? What are the, what are the reasons that you might if you're in the wrong side of the street or wrong neighborhood? Gang banging. That's the that's the main thing. Gang banging. If you with the if you on that side, you gotta stay on that side. You can't come in this side mm-hmm. if you on that side. That's how they looked at it. And what is the reason for protecting this turf for these territories, these neighborhoods or streets? That I, because like you never know who might try to snake you or who who know what or what went on. So okay. that's why they they divided it sometimes. You know, Chicago. And so is it like um, is it does it break down to neighborhoods or how does it break down? Is it street by street? Is it neighborhood by neighborhood? Sometimes it's neighborhood by neighborhood. Sometimes it's street by street. It's just, yeah. if you caught at the wrong place at the wrong time, you might die. Okay. And is it to protect like drug turf or, um, protect drugs in a self really like, okay. you just got to protect yourself. You feel me? They trying to protect themselves from the enemies. Yeah. So what we hear a lot on, on, like, for people who are not exposed to this on a daily basis or kind of outside this system, what we hear a lot is uh, a lot of this violence comes from people trying to protect their turf, their their drug trade turf, basically. So, um, you know, the, these certain streets are mine. That's where I do my drug dealing. I don't want people trying to come in and encroach on my territory. And so that's a, a big reason for the violence. Do you think, think that's true? That's one of the main things, too, like, you can't come over here trying to sell drugs if you you from the other side. You can't come over here this our turf. Like, yeah. this is where we make our money, you feel me? Like, yeah. That's but it, how it is. Is it mostly related to that, or are there other things involved as well? Like, it's, my, it's, it's other things involved, but I feel like that's the main thing and the main issue. Like, you coming to mess up my money. Yeah. So, now, what if I keep, like, that's just how it is. They might kill you. They might just let you slide. Mm-hmm. But don't you can't go on the wrong turf. 
how old do you think you were when you first started realizing all this was going on? I was nine. Okay. And and so nine years old, um, you started getting exposed to this violence and knowing that you need to stay, you know, in certain certain parts of the neighborhood, certain parts of the streets. Yeah, because when I was nine, my dad, my daddy had died. So I was oh, like, sorry. I was really exposed to the streets and stuff and learned what went on and what not to do and what to do. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah. At this time, when you're about nine years old, you're so roughly in about fourth grade. Do, were you? How were you getting to school and back? Were you, did you walk back and forth? Cause yeah, I always went to a school that lived close to my house. Like, okay. Did you have any issues getting back and forth from school? Not really, cause it, uh, I used to live right uh, right down the street from there. Okay, so not too bad, not too yeah. far. Were, did you have any? trouble there with the law or were you getting yourself into any kind of trouble while you're out there no i don't know because i caught my first case in milwaukee actually like okay i never really got into it with the law in chicago okay and why do you think that is how why how did how did you manage to stay out of trouble in chicago i knew the i knew the rules in chicago i knew the plan the game plan like yeah that's just how i was and i grew up there so i knew what to do really and what not to yeah. Like, if the police do this, if the police come and say, do, don't do this and don't do that, you feel me? Yeah. Like, I just knew knew the game plan. Like I said, I just knew the game plan in Chicago. Yeah. And then, how old did you say you were when you came to Milwaukee? I was 12 or 13. 12. So, what was that experience? Did you want to come to Milwaukee or no. you want to stay in Chicago? Yeah. Um, so, what was life like when you first got to Milwaukee? When I first got to Milwaukee, it was it was okay because I ain't really know nobody. I used to actually stay in the house sometimes. Mm-hmm. But as 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 I stayed out here longer, the more I knew people, the more I knew the streets, the more things I got into. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. And then when did uh, trouble with the law start for you? I caught my first case at thirteen. So this is kind of a, a question that I've been asking almost everybody that participates in this because we kind of we keep seeing the same theme here. Like, it seems like 12, 13, 14 years old, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little younger as well, is when trouble starts. Mm-hmm. So why do you do you have any opinions on like why that seems to be the age where because like start? twelve, like the youngest it really do be sometimes is eleven, but twelve and thirteen that's when that's when you want to do things. That's when you want to do do stupid things you feel me that's when you want to just you just want to explore and do what you see like if you grew up around this you you see this you got want to end up doing it you feel me like Mm -hmm. you see people your age stealing cars you would think oh it's fun so let me steal a car so you 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 just like you know like they see people they age doing it so now they want to do it like kids just all around different ages just want to do it when they see somebody older do it you feel me so you mentioned stealing cars. That seems to be the big thing. Do you think that's the – is that the point where the serious trouble seem, starts, like car theft, or are people involved in other illegal activity, you know, prior to car thefts and things like that? Sometimes it was just like around 12 and 13, that's when some people get introduced to guns. Some people mm-hmm. get introduced to stealing cars. You feel me? Now they, now they, now they own. Like now they ready to do whatever. Yeah. They know what to do, and now they ready. You feel me? And where is this the introduction coming from? Is it friends, relatives? How how are people Mo- getting mainly, exposed to this? Mainly, it's friends because like 
Or whether you pick the wrong crowd, now, now they teaching you things you never knew, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And now you from that, or sometimes, you know, you got some people that's a follower. Yeah. They see something, now they want to do it to fit in or something, you feel me? Yeah. It's not always about learning. It's always some people want to be a follower and do this because they see the next person doing it. Yeah. And they want to fit in. They want to get on, you feel me? Like. So, um, so like I said, this seems to be around the age when people start getting into serious trouble. And then it kind of escalates from there. So, like, you see guys 12, 13 um, stealing cars, and then it seems like it just quickly within the next couple of years, it gets it's even more serious crimes or even violent crimes. Like, would you agree with that? Like, well, like when, when, when you like some people, that first case they catch, it just set off a spark. You mm-hmm. feel me? It set off something in their mind, like. Like some people get off let get up, get let off easy like they first case yeah they get out in the set the next day or like ten days later and then they just think oh it is sweet mm-hmm. I could keep doing this then it turned from stealing cars to armed robberies from armed robberies to murders all that like it just keep going up as they get older they just keep thinking like as they get older they sit in them they sit in these cells and it become more easy to them to just you feel me it become more easy. It become more easy for them to just do what they want to do. You feel me? It's more easy for them to think like, oh, this is just lifetime. I, I'm gonna come back here and do it again. Like if I do something, like some people don't. Some people don't got the mentality that like me. This my second. Uh, this my second time in here, and I in, got it in MCAP. You no, know, this my second time in jail. Actually. Okay. And then I just I got I I got sent to MCAP, and I already did three months of plus another four or five months. That's mm-hmm. eight months, and it's the longest I've been in jail. So let's get back to the the being the 12, 13, 14 year old getting in trouble. So is there anything, um, so we kind of know and you know the system, like what you know what happens when you get in trouble at that age, you end up in arrested, you might end up here, juvenile detention in the general population. Um, you know, if you do get sentenced, you might end up at MCAP, you might end up at Lincoln Hills. Um, you know, we know the, we know the, the, the routine. What, is there a better way to handle this situation? Can we, is there a way to prevent all this from happening in the first place? Like, how do we stop uh, young kids from getting to the point where they're stealing cars and dropping out of school and getting into trouble? Some kids, they just think it's fun to, you know, steal cars. Some kids think it's fun to drop out. Isn't that, it's not fun to steal cars because what if you end up dying in a car accident or something? Mm-hmm. You never know. Now your mama got to live with that way her son just died in a car accident because he want to steal a car. Right. And there's people who have stolen cars who have sped off and killed other people. And they've yeah. survived, and th- but they've killed other people because they were speeding around or running from the cops. And, and, they and now they got to do 25 to life right. or something. Right. It's like just thinking about it like some kids to prevent it. Like, parents just got to know, talk. I ain't going to say talk because some kids don't understand that talk language. Some some kids just don't understand. Some Sometimes, like, some mamas might send their kids to boot camp. Some might actually turn them in. Mm-hmm. Like, some, some kids actually, some kids jail time actually make them sit and think, like, no, I don't want to do that again because yeah. this jail thing is serious. Like, some, pe- some kids think like that, some don't. You feel me? Yep. But is there anything we could have done when you started getting into trouble? If you think back on your own life, could there have been something that we could have done, society could have done, or somebody could have done to intervene to stop you from getting into that major trouble in the first place? Like, 
Me, I don't, I don't know. Me, like, I really just used to. Sometimes I used to be bored and just do things, and sometimes I had a reason. But, like, mm-hmm. just thinking back, like, if I would have just, if it was more positive in our neighborhoods, maybe, you know, maybe some kids would actually okay. chill and don't think about that. But, you know, what's in our, what's in the neighborhood, that's what might come to the kid. Like, you know, yeah. some kids, most, most of the kids in here are actually good at playing basketball or all that. But, right. You know, the neighborhood showed them something different, taught them something different. You feel me? So we've been hearing this a lot, too, over the course of doing all these um, episodes, is that if there were more resources within the neighborhoods, then maybe guys would be and girls would be participating in those activities more than just trying just hanging out and, and getting themselves in trouble. That's true. Like. You know, some kids still go to the one, like the YMCA and all that, like things mm-hmm. in in the neighborhood. If it was more positive things and more positive people in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, some kids will do that more than just sitting hanging out and then thinking about doing something bad or hot. You feel me, like? So, what would be y- your suggestion? So, like, what would be some more positive influences that we could have in the neighborhoods? Like, they can have tutors. You feel me? They can have tutors. They can have like you know how we have advocates. Mm-hmm. They can have real-life advocates for kids who don't got cases and that. People who could come talk to the people, yeah. to the kids, let them know, like, this really not what you want to do. Yeah. Tell them their background story, and maybe they'll sit and think, like, no, I don't want to do that. So that, that seems to be, uh, again, that seems to be um, something we hear a lot, too. Like, the services don't come to the, to the kid until they get themselves in trouble. So right. like where was all that beforehand? Right, where was like, the support beforehand to prevent all this from happening? Because like some like some kids never really and then some kids never had a good role model, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Some kids probably only saw their relatives doing something or going to jail yeah. or selling drugs or something. So like that extra help like them the extra people in their life that might help them to move to the better path, like better you yeah. feel me? Some like you know, it's some, it's them, it's them, it's them. Some people in the neighborhood telling them already, but they just probably think they just talking, like you know, like. Yeah. But if somebody really sit and have a conversation with these kids, and like instead of waiting for them to get in trouble to get them these resources, yeah. why not try to get them these resources while they not in jail or not in trouble? You feel me? Yeah. Um, a lot of people want to blame the parents. Parents' fault. They should have kept them on the straight and narrow. They should have taught them better. They should have kept a better eye on them. Would you? What would you say to that? It's not the parents' fault. Like some, some, pe- some uh, children, fam- some children, parents raised them right. Like my mama, she, my mama and pops raised me right. You know, I did wrong on my own. Like mm-hmm. it's not my mama' fault that I went and did what I did. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, like it's not her fault. She raised me right. She raised me with manners, all that. Mm-hmm. It's not the parents' fault. It's not. Ne- Sometimes it might be the parents' fault. Sometimes it's not. But like with some of these kids, some of these kids got good parents. Some of these kids' parents actually care about them. Some of these, like you know what spoon fed is. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids actually spoon fed. They chose to do wrong on their own. They right. chose to go rob somebody or go steal a car. Or something. they didn't. They they mom and them didn't raise them like that. Didn't teach them that. Yeah. Most m- more or less some. M- I ain't gonna say some. Most kids not raised the wrong way most kids actually raised the right way yep. they just do wrong on their own so there's just so many negative influences around in the neighborhoods in the schools that you just overwhelmed by them and you end up following these uh, following the wrong path following right like hanging with folks who are not doing the right thing some kids eat this like i said some kids see their uncles 
brothers, older brothers, and older people just go to jail mm-hmm. or doing something, selling drugs. They see what they doing. They might think it's cool. And some people got parents and families that's actually good, but they want to hang with the wrong people. Yeah. Not them people showing them something they think it's cool and fun to do till they end up dead or in jail. Mm-hmm. So more positive influences, advocates before people get in trouble. That was one of your suggestions. Um, more uh, activities. So you mentioned um, YMCA. Are there any other activities that you have participated in or that you've seen in the neighborhoods that have been positive activities, like clubs or any kind of other centers or things? It'd be centers and stuff, but like... Some like in the neighborhood, some kids don't even think about it. They just think about having fun and doing what they want to do. Like, if it's like like I say every week, if it's a good thing on the block, like let me think. Like if it's somebody, if it's somebody, I'm just looking to think. Like I'm just what I'm looking for. But if it's no, somebody, I was looking at the clock to make sure I don't keep you too long. If it's somebody in the neighborhood doing some fun activities, like taking some of the kids. To go go skating or something or doing some fun, but yeah. some of the kids wouldn't even think about doing what they want to do. Some kids would just be like, "Wow, this 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 actually made my freedom more yeah. important than doing something stupid." You feel me? Yeah. If and then if some and then it don't even be about the positive. Sometimes it don't even be about the positive people. If some kids just sit and think, they know this not right and yeah. this not good to do. And my freedom more important than that. If some kids just take the time, think, and go. And some kids don't even talk to their parents. Some kids just hold their emotions inside and hold things inside and then go do something stupid. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Kids hold emotions inside and then their emotions make them go do something stupid. Do you think there's um, – w- what is the feeling for uh, expressing your emotions, especially if you're a young male? Is that something that's – um, encouraged, or do you think young males are encouraged to just keep their emotions to themselves and don't talk about anything? Some people tell like young young males, young young men. Some people be telling them, "Calm for females and all this and all that. Your emotions for females and all that." But like that's not true. It's it's okay for a man to cry. It's okay for a man to feel sad and mad. Sometimes you just gotta let it out. You can't bubble it inside. Like that's what my mama always told me. Mm-hmm. I can't keep all of emotions inside and bubble up and just end up exploding. You yeah. Know? Like it's hard for some of these males because I don't know some of these males was raised like that saying, "You can't do this. You can't do that. Your emotions, no, 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 no." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some I don't know. You feel me? I want to get some something you just alluded to a little while ago. I forgot to follow up with you on it. So you were talking about, um, uh, like, you know, there there might be programs out there, but that doesn't mean that kids are going to necessarily participate in them. They might still decide to go, you know, to follow negative influences or whatever. But then you kind of also said that, like, if you have, like, people who are going skating or people who are going to go, you know, play basketball, whatever, there's, like, there might be people who are saying, hey, hey, you know, come along with us and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Do you think when um, you had mentioned advocates, do you think it's important to also have these advocates when um, the resources are available? So because, so I guess what I'm asking is, will people, let's say we built centers, you know, for people to have activities or people to play sports and um, kind of like pursue different interests, music, arts, whatever. Um, is it also important to have a group of people out there who are like, hey, you know, come and do this. Do you, do you think young people are going to naturally go to those 
centers and participates in those activities or is it important to have people out there who are like hey you need to come and do this hey you should you know hang with us or come and do this uh, we need more and then it's not even about the it's like like it's not even about the positive grown people it's about the positive teenagers if some teenagers tell their like, friends hey mm-hmm. let's go to the is it that actually sound fun we might can have fun going skating yeah going to the ymca going to play basketball or something instead yeah. of or let's go steal his car let's go do this and that if we had more positive teenagers our age some mm-hmm. kids would actually be good too but they always some kids always follow the wrong crowd regardless yeah even if it's them couple even if it's people coming to the neighbor hey we should go do this man it's always gonna be them couple people saying no i'm finna do something else and this boring and all that you know what i mean yeah. like some kids just don't get it through their head some kids don't think they is they they act before they think and yeah. that's always the issue people act before they think they don't think about it they just want to go do it because so they think it's fun so you're saying it's important to also have people your own age who are advocating to stay positive to follow a more positive path yeah because if it's more pe- more the more the more positive people is the less people will get in trouble the more positive teenagers is the less teenagers that uh do something stupid you yeah. feel me yeah okay um we are getting close to time here i just want to make sure is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as your experiences or anything you would like to tell people who are listening or any we didn't really get to um well, actually, before we end, let me ask you this real quick. So you've been through the court system here. Um, so aside from MCAP and um, that part of the, like, the, the corrections part of the legal system, what have you experienced going through the court system? Do you think it's been a positive experience? Do you think they've supported you? Do you have any suggestions for how we could improve the juvenile court system, the juvenile the, justice system? The juvenile justice system was positive to me because – the POs and stuff, the POs is hard on you. They they don't just give you freedom. They don't just, oh, I'm going to release you just because you want to get released. They actually make you sit and think about what you've done and sit mm-hmm. and make you think. like These are the parole officers. The, yeah, the parole officers and judges, no? okay. the judges too, and the alternative. They sit and let they talk to you too. They sit and tell you, like, I'm not just going to release you just because you want to yeah. or just because you think you you finna do the right thing. I need to know you finna do the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's why they set that's why they set a wraparound and uh, advocates for us so we can know, like, this not what you want to keep doing. This not what you want to keep coming to. You you got to think. You got to think smart. Like, the juvenile system actually sometimes is good on people. Sometimes, you know, some people just don't listen. Yeah. But the juvenile system actually helps it and help you because, you know, you don't, you don't, you just, you, you sit, you sit in for eight months, seven months, that whole eight and seven months, they telling you like, you got to do better, this and that, you can't do this, you can't do, you feel me? Like, yeah. they telling you what you should and shouldn't do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about uh, wraparound, what is that? Wraparound putting uh, things for you, like therapy, uh, uh, crisis work, a uh, crisis work is like, you get in trouble or something, instead of wanting to, not even getting in trouble, you like say you get into an argument or something. Instead of reacting, just call your crisis worker here, take you out for a minute, calm you down, you feel me, <coughs> and be with you that whole time instead of you getting in trouble and just doing what you think. And the therapist, like and like a therapist and crisis worker, they take you places. Like that's what I'm needing. The, that's that's what some people need. Like they take you skating if they if you want to. They'll take you out to eat or that. Okay. 
So it's uh, providing all different types of services. They're wrapping around you, basically providing with the services that yeah, you need. It's a team. Mm-hmm. It's a team effort, and like they always say, it's always a team effort. You, they help you, and you help them. You feel me? Yeah. Okay. So now I'll ask you: Is there anything that we haven't gotten to that you want to talk about? Any of your own experiences? Anything corrections related? Anything court system related? Like my experience with the juvenile system is. I just got to stay out now. Like, I learned my lesson for real. Like, it's on you now to yeah, stay like, positive and Yeah, stay you know how some people be, like, just saying they learned their lesson. And actually, I actually learned my lesson. And I'm yeah. going to show I'm, If I can, I'm going to get some of these. I'm going to get some teenagers, you know, to stay out of trouble. If I can't, I can't. But if I'm a child. So you'd be that positive influence that you were yeah. just talking about. Okay. All right. Uh, well, thank you for participating. I got you to get you back to your next program. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks for participating. Thanks for sharing what you've experienced. And um, good luck with everything in the future. You too. Thank you for having me here. All right. Take care. Yeah.